Hey, what's going on, my friend? Welcome back to the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast, where we discuss science and science-based tools in everyday life, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and nutritional sciences. My name is Jessica Wong, and I am a neuroscience student at the University of Southern California. Today's episode is going to be all about progressive overload and contraction speed. As always, I just wanted to mention that this podcast is part of my effort to bring zero cost to consumer public education about science, as it is unrelated to my roles as a personal trainer and as an undergraduate student. So, if you're working out five times a week for more than an hour at a time with the same exact workout and with the same exact weight, sets, repetitions, and effort, then your body will not change very much. Typically, after the first one-ish two years of consistent training, people tend to no longer see the newbie gains anymore. And the newbie gains are the um, what you would call a more straightforward journey to body recomposition. If you're looking to improve your appearance, then you must abide by the principle of progressive overload. Lean tissue mass grows bigger and stronger in response to the challenge of the training stimulus. And for further gains, you need to continue making greater demands on your body. When your muscles are not progressively overloaded to force them to do more than they're accustomed to, then they have no reason to make further adaptations. That's why you must never grow complacent with your training. Once you fall into a comfort zone in your workouts and are no longer challenged by your workouts, then you will plateau. So what is a progressive overload? Progressive overload is a principle that involves continually increasing the demands on the muscular skeletal system to increase muscle growth and muscle strength, as well as the cardiovascular system. And this affects aerobic metabolism and physiological changes. Milo of Croto, who was a an ancient Greek wrestler used to carry a little calf, and that calf slowly grew into a bull and got heavier, of course. And this Greek wrestler built the strength and muscle through this process of carrying the calf until it grew into a bull. This is the same exact concept that we must apply to our training in order to make progress. So let's say you're performing a set of barbell deadlifts with your 8RM, which happens to be 95 pounds. Over time, you'll get stronger and your hamstrings, glutes, back, and abs will also get stronger and bigger as a result. Completing 8 reps would no longer be challenging, and as you've adapted to the initial overload, where do you go now? If you continue performing that single set of 95 pounds for 8 repetitions, do not expect further gains because there's no reason for your body to grow larger or stronger because your muscles do not have that signal to and they're already capable of handling the current overload. While progressive overload is simple to conceptualize, it's certainly not easy to apply in practice. Many other dynamic variables need to be held in place, such as adding more pounds to the bar, adding more reps, making the technique more efficient, recovering faster between sets. These are all parts of progressive overload and can only occur when you nicely program your workouts. Let's talk about some of the dynamic techniques, okay? So decreasing rest time between your sets will require your body to become more metabolically efficient when weightlifting. When you increase the resistance by putting five pounds on each side of the bar, remember that there's an inverse relationship between loads and reps. So when you do increase the rate, know that your reps will also fall to some degree, but don't worry because soon enough, you'll get stronger with that resistance and be able to repeat the cycle over again. When you increase the repetitions, never stop a movement until you can't complete 
any more on your own with good form. For muscle hypertrophy, you should end your sets in the 8-12 to 12 rep range. However, you wouldn't want to indefinitely keep adding reps to get stronger in your set because those incremental gains and repetition at some point would improve muscle endurance rather than muscle size. Now, let's talk about contraction speed. Contraction speed contributes to metabolic stress and hypertrophy that allows for muscle growth. For hypertrophy, there are three main ways through which it occurs, and this, this includes mechanical tension and metabolic stress. When we're doing a long training set and our muscle fibers fatigue, metabolites will accumulate within the muscle fibers and they'll have our CNS respond to the fatigue mechanism by increasing the level of effort perceived and thus increasing the motor unit recruitment. As you keep pushing through and your muscle fibers keep working, they will experience a greater level of mechanical tension and this is what ultimately leads to muscle growth over time. This is because this causes a higher threshold muscle fibers to be activated in order to produce force and have you experience high levels of tension. Without mechanical force, we will never see hypertrophy. Have you ever wondered what would happen if you lift weights really fast? Right? This is going to depend on how lightweight or heavyweight your load is. But when we use lightweights and generally try to lift the weight as fast as possible, we are able to recruit all the motor units available for the mu working muscles. Although all motor units fire, the contraction velocity will be very high because you're going really fast, right? Meaning your working muscle fibers won't experience much tension and thus not experience the full experience of hypertrophy. So what does this mean, right? This means that your muscles aren't allowed enough actin, myosin, cross bridges to form and therefore they can't really experience meaningful tension and that's the reason why we won't see any growth from these types of really fast contractions. Does this mean a fast contractions with lightweights are useless? No. Exercise is not all about hypertrophy, as you already know. Other unique adaptations occur within the central nervous system, such as an increase in early phase drive, which will have the force produced quickly by increasing the size of the signal at which your central nervous system recruits your muscle fibers, and this can contrib contribute to greater strength produced within a short period of time. It's not all black and white. Now. What happens when you use heavy weights and try to lift the weight as fast as possible, right? We, sometimes it's so heavy that we can't even lift the bar all that fast. Even if we put in all our effort, the bar will still move slowly due to the force-velocity relationship. This force-velocity relationship states that as the contraction slows down, more actin myosin cross bridges are formed, allowing us to exert the highest amount of force, which is important for hypertrophy. When we have full motor recruitment and slow enough contractions, to allow enough mechanical tension by each muscle fiber at the slow bar speeds and heavy loads, then what are your results? Muscle gains. Well, this is all I have for you in our episode today, and I wanted to mention that an important feature of this podcast, as you already know, is that we deep dive into many topics at a time. So by stopping here, I recognize that there are probably many other questions, but stay tuned for this, this podcast episode that gets released every Thursday and Sunday of the week. But other than that, I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thank you for your time, thank you for your attention, and above all, thank you for your interest in science.